It's Friday, August 19th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle. Tyler Gates, Russ Campbell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 262. You know what, Russ? Our audience size is growing. What? Correct. What? what? How what? dare they? <laughs> I thought we already well, had all of the people. Right. And I thought we talked about this. No more. No more people. Okay. Um, but if you're new around <laughs> I, here... I don't think we did talk about that. So No, we didn't. If you're new around here, though, uh, two things. First of all, we love meeting new people. So if you want to join the show and chat with us or chat with us in the TBP community on Telegram, you can find us at t.me slash techbreakfast. Uh, shout out to Jessica Newman, our newest member that joined the chat this morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, second thing... Second thing here, if you ever have feedback for us, feel free to ping us on social media, DM, or however you prefer. Uh, we'd love your feedback on the show in any capacity. So, um, mm, Only good you... feedback, please. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> if there's anything you want <laughs> to hear more kidding. of or less of, or specifically criticisms uh, around Tyler Gates, uh, since he's not present right now, but anything positive that you want to share about Russ, and you know, I'm, I'm neutral. Any kind of neutral opinions you have, I'll take. We'll uh, we'll take anything. positive opinions about Aaron as well, but yeah, if you have anything <laughs> negative about Tyler, please throw it our way. Oh, oh there he is! He joined. Nice. <laughs> that was awkward timing. All right. Um, so now that we got the intro out of the way, how y'all doing? Perfect timing. I'm doing good. Tyler's I'm here. Great. I'm here. We got to make fun of him, oh, which was fun. That's very endearing. And it's okay. Friday. It is Friday. Friday. And before before we get to anything serious, maybe we should add a new section in here before, like right ahead of the Today in Tech History. Maybe we should do like a little Peter Griffin. You know what really grinds my gears? If you have anything tech related that grinds your gears. Do you have <laughs> no, something I today got, that grinds your I gears? Do. Or? I got unreasonably upset about this yesterday. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's, let's hear it. <laughs> so I don't have a mouse pad. I used one of those like the elevator desk thingies or whatever, and my mouse has been just fine on that. But I'm like, you know what? I, 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 am, I am also... Unreasonably mad about this now, by the way. Okay. Well, using a mouse <laughs> to me. Well, that's not the part. So here's the part. I Dang bought it. a mouse pad. So I went on. Okay. And there's like a $2 Belkin mouse pad on Amazon. It has like 65,000 five-star reviews or whatever. All right. This sounds perfect. It shows up in a big, you know, legal pad size sack or whatever. I open it up and whoever packaged this mouse pad that's only like, it's like eight by seven, you know, whatever. They decided to fold it in half and like super crease it and then slide it into this gigantic 12-10 bag or whatever. <laughs> well, they could have just put it in flat. But now I have this like this um, like amazing crevice right down the center of my mouse pad. So, oh, you know, what? I'm just like, what? Come on. That, anyway. that would grind my gears as well. I will tell you the, the pro mouse pad delivery ways is the roll now you do have to get the roll okay. out of it but it does protect it in flight so like yeah. my yeah. mouse pad that i have here which is uh i'll just say it's about the size of tyler it is it, it <laughs> took a very long time to to actually work itself out but it's been say, phenomenal gonna, for several years it's gonna be a slow <laughs> flattening process my I mean, don't get me wrong it took some ingenuity to flatten it but what, Russ, what I think flat. you ordered, what I think you ordered was a yoga pad. That's not a mouse. <laughs> <pad>. <laughs> that might be what it is, actually, made by Steel Series. A, a yoga a Steel mat. Series yoga pad. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So <sighs> gotta gotta go for the rolled, the rolled 
mouse pad. Um, okay. yes, I'm a big believer in the mouse pad. If for nothing else, even if it doesn't make you better at pointing and clicking, which it will, by the way. But I'm just saying the friction is good. It's a good yeah. thing to have to help with control. However, people use mics these days. And if you're sitting here picking your mouse up and slamming it on a wood desk, whack, whack, that's whack. going to be annoying. Please mm. put something softer there. So Good call out. PSA. Okay. Well, before we move on to today in tech history, do you guys have anything else for the grinds my gear section? No, I have mm. something that's the opposite of grinding my gears. Um, okay. That means yeah, I'm just like buttery smooth that. transmission. Yep. That's right. No. The gears. No, well, I mean, yeah, I guess that would be the, uh, what you the got? actual uh, metaphor. But um, no, I was telling you, I'm installing that inverter in my camper. And uh, even though I have a crimper, um, getting your hands on like four aught cable is just ridiculous right now. Uh, four aught being, I forget what the millimeters. It's it's big. It's really big cable. It's probably like roughly, I don't know, maybe a nickel's diameter, right? Whoa. That's, so yeah, that's I, all the I gauges. Ordered, I ordered. Well, exactly. I mean, four aught. Everything after that, like they they just stop using standard gauge numbers, right? And they just literally sell it based on the 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 area um the sure. cross section right um but i i found a place while i was hunting around for this stuff that sells like custom cables and their prices i mean everything's high because it's copper but um their prices are actually really good for something that's a custom length with custom terminations custom terminations just being like do you want a three eighths inch you know mount uh or uh what do you call those the termination or do you want like a five sixteenths right like it's not crazy on the ends but these cables are so freaking cool. And I realize that that makes me a special kind of dork, but they're, they're <laughs> flexible cables, right? So like I said, the, the cross-sectional area of these things is roughly the size of a nickel. And you can like just twist them into whatever shape you want. It's like five pounds of cable in a three or four foot length that you can just manipulate at will. And I am, it's just so freaking cool. It sounds like a uh, sounds like a bullwhip, like the size of it. it probably, like yeah, yeah. Other, it, I mean, but it's got the nice, you know, uh, sheathing, right, to sure. dissipate the heat and whatnot. I don't know. I'm just, I'm super impressed with them, and uh, I don't know. I've never worked with cable nearly that large. And who makes it? Ridiculous. It's a company called Spartan Cable. It's actually there U.S. based. Shout and, out. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, like, like I said, their prices are totally reasonable. The, quality of the cable and the terminations you can tell the crimp job and stuff like that even the heat shrinking is just awesome so yeah but that's that's my dorky dorky shout out for the day nice russ you got anything are you ready for this day in tech history i'm ready for this day in tech history hit me here we go august 19th you guessed the year google's ipo Google holds its initial public offering selling over 22 million shares at a starting price. Actually, I'm going to make you guys guess the starting price too. Ooh. Oh, no. Okay. Yep. We're going to do that. We're going to do both of them. I'm going to go 2003 because it's the first year that came to mind. And my um, third grade teacher told me that when taking a test, if you don't exactly know the answer, you go with the first go one. With your that gut. Yep. Smart. Okay. So listening to Miss Shackelford. Um, uh-huh. I haven't had a number come to mind yet for the IPO price. I'm going so I'm to gonna... go with $70. Okay. 
Uh, and, so and let me give you let me give you a hint. Whoa, what was that? I don't know. That was weird. Oh, it must be like the ad on this on this page or something. That's weird. We don't know what you're music. talking. This came through my headphones. Yeah, yeah sorry, music came through my headphones. Something <laughs> random. Sorry, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, so the current price of Alphabet, so G O O G, is one hundred and eighteen dollars. Now you know that it's gone through a bunch of splits since then. But correct, that's where we're at. Yeah. Right, so no, you're up so I I feel like this this is a like the wrong number. But so the first year that actually came into my head was 1998, but I feel strongly that that is incorrect. So I was actually going to lean more towards like, uh, Oh, two ish, but, um, we'll stick with 98. We'll go with the, uh, the, the gut. And, um, I, I want to say like $32 for the IPO. I, I have no point of reference whatsoever. I was yeah, not paying attention. That's tough. That, that one's a tough one. Um, so I would have guessed probably, Later, I would have guessed probably about 2007 to 2009 for some reason. I don't know, just from what it's, I remember when I first learned. Sense. About yeah, I was, I the, like I, I just went with a gut. I was I didn't even think back through like when would I have said I was actually using Google in a meaningful way. Yeah, and I was trying to like it was 07 for me it. when I first got introduced to it. Was it? I I was trying to yeah. think through like hmm when when did they IPO compared to something like maps for instance which again i had no point of reference but i i distinctly remember not having access to google maps in 2011 uh so yeah. i you you're probably right that it is later well the the, the uh russ almost hit it it was august 19 2004 nice. so only off by one Nailed but it. what's crazy about that is too like even when i like i just had first met google in its i mean it's in its infancy in 2007 still right it's just like a very basic search engine it's only been 15 years since then, right? Like the advancement of where Google has has come to or gotten to since that point is absolutely just mind-boggling, right? Especially well, I mean, they, the advancements. And, yeah. if, you, if you think about their business, like they were like the first poster child for like truly asynchronous investment value, right? I mean, hmm. like the amount of people that it took to run Google and then asynchronously grow the revenue that they that they grew to was mm -hmm. wild. And it just sort of started, it started so much investment really in this space that I think, you know, I think that with the massive growth they had and people wanting to pour money into them, they just, you know, found the ability to just go out and, and just fund their business and grow like crazy. So yeah, it's it's wild to think that Google's only, you know, to think of what they are, you know, like Apple's been around since what? 80s early 80s mm -hmm. and then comparatively you know a similarly sized organization just measured by you know revenue right uh been around since whatever it is the, the early 2000s it's, it's like it's just wild to think of where they've gotten to in that time frame but i just think that they just were that poster child for like the silicon valley asynchronous business like it just that that piece there of like truly monetizing the internet they yeah. just crushed, you know? Yeah. Well, and, to, yeah, and sure. to your credit, Tyler, they were actually founded in 98. So maybe that's what you're thinking. Oh, maybe, maybe that's what I was thinking. And and I think like the late 90s would have been kind of Yahoo heyday as well. So search engine glory days as well. Uh, so that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. But no, I really well, just didn't have a point of reference. <laughs> I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't and, think, can't remember that. 
Yeah, and totally unrelated because you can't even tell how it compares. But its initial um, its IPO price was eighty five dollars. So and they <laughs> and it closed that day at a hundred and hundred dollars and thirty four cents. So wow. Yep. I mean, yep. I, I made my seventy. My seventy guess was honestly because in my mind, I think that like Nutanix opened around like sixty. Yeah. And I just and I just sort of thought to myself, I was like. They're probably a little higher than that at Google, so that's why I went with seventy. <laughs> Nutanix, right? I, I just Decent that number it. came to mind, and so I just I was that's like, uh, maybe seventy. So that's my frame of reference. Actually, had nothing to do with Google. It was it was just yeah. like, well, you know, I, I, where can I, I find one that I remember? My thirty-two gut is probably more of a Facebook hearkening because that's actually I think really close to what they IPO'd at. Um, yeah. So. But it was kind of the same thing. Like, eh, what's a what's a big technology company <laughs> yeah. that I actually remember? Okay, right? Because you but you own Facebook, right? Like, not all of it. Part of it. No, yeah, portfolio. no. That it's in the it's in the portfolio. Yeah, well, yep. makes sense. Because I, I bought it post IPO, which unlike Google, Facebook did not do so hot. Um, they they catastrophically lost value in the first uh, weeks, but then you know rocket shipped. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's that's changed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, certainly it doesn't peak anymore. What? Well, speaking of rocket ships, uh, I saw a tweet the other day, and I have another comment about when I just say the word tweet because I also want to let y'all know that I am not going to be on Twitter anymore. We'll skip right over that. But um, I've never been bold lie in my life. <laughs> no, seriously, it's I think just, I'm done with it. It's this. It's it. this quarter's attempt to not be on Twitter. Yeah. You need like I a really, you need a nicotine patch for Twitter. Like that's what <laughs> you need. Gonna, I need fully away from it. I need fully away from it. Okay, um, but I did see a tweet the other day back when I used to be on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned rockets, but there was a there was a video that somebody had uploaded about the Rocket League Championship Series. It was in some yeah, arena. Yeah. I have no idea, but it looked like American Airlines Center or something. It, know, was, it was Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth. Yeah. Oh, for real? It was right here. Yeah, dude. It was. Okay. And I was then like, at it was the probably in Chicago time, or something. Literally yeah. the exact same time, the Dota major, like Arlington major, was going on in the esports arena in Arlington. So Dude, it big esports weekend going on, and then QuakeCon is going on this weekend. So two big okay. weekends of esports. Well, here, here's why I bring it up. Here's why I bring it up. I think TBP. We need to go to one of these. Uh, you probably have already been to one, Russ, but I think we need to go to one of these, and we need to come back and we need to talk about it uh, because the just the atmosphere and what like. It feels like it's this this subculture thing that most of like if you turn on the TV, you're never going to see this. But there are there are just insane things happening uh, within the esports world that um, I think needs a little bit more attention. I'd love to go experience it just to see it, see what it looks like. Let's have do you been it. To one yeah. hey, sounds sounds awesome. Uh, I have been so QuakeCon's going on this week. I have both participated in QuakeCon and attended it a combined total of probably thirteen or fourteen times over the years. Uh, I've gone to multiple Counter-Strike tournaments and Call of Duty tournaments here as well as Overwatch League tournaments. So I've been to, I've been, Dallas is, is really, you know, for someone like me who, who loves this stuff, obviously the last two weekends, like the biggest events of the, of the weekend are going on in Dallas, but Dallas is a really good hub for esports events. So well, hey, I've look definitely at been lucky enough we to, to go here. to a bunch of them. We do. Yeah. There you go. We're going to have, awesome. we're going to have an opportunity, boys. I can promise you that. 
And it probably Let's won't get it. rained out like the concert did that Tyler and I went to on Ooh. Wednesday. It's yeah. unlikely. Actually, that storm yeah. was super cool. I'm glad it came, it was but cool. it, it is disappointing that it ruined Incubus. Yeah. Yeah, well. Okay. So what y'all got? What what uh what kind of topics? What's on y'all's mind? Man, this topic wasn't even gonna come up, but then you said your concert got rained out. And uh it's it's more of just a like I don't know, interesting thing to tell people to go check out. Uh, my wife and I started watching Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And three day, it's a three day, you know, festival. So there's three episodes, one covering each day. That's cool. Um, I'll just say that this is a complete bleep show. Uh, (laughs) show. It is, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those disasters that you just can't turn your, like, is away from. And, you know, for people our age, I think as as they're going through the problems they're going through, and you kind of look at the bands that are there, the people who are our age, I think you could say are like, well, yeah, like you invited these bands to come, you know, get a crowd of two, three hundred thousand people going. What did you think was going to happen? Like this yeah. isn't 1969 anymore, but I'll leave it at that. But I will say. <laughs> absolutely highly recommended and we've only watched two of the three days so far and i'm told to like buckle my seatbelt for day three <laughs> uh, i believe this wow I, go- I googled it right as you mentioned check it. it out yeah the top one was netflix's train wreck woodstock 99 will leave viewers disgusted and, and then there's just a whole oh, bunch of geez. other things like that yo dude wow it is it is wild like my wife and i were still this morning talking about how crazy it was to see the crowd's reaction to like corn coming out and just the, just the insanity. I mean, I, I just don't know any other way to describe it. It is, it is just wild. And I haven't even gotten to what I'm told is actually the most wild part. So, well, I will, I will say my initial reaction is I'm surprised at how well, how well documented it was given it was, you know, back in the nineties. I don't know. Wait, how, like apparently that. the, I think a lot of people expected this to be some crazy historic event. So not uh, only did you have a lot of like journalists uh, and media outlets yeah. covering it, but like people took like camcorders, right? Yeah. Cause we didn't and really so have we, video cameras in the nineties. Like, no. I mean, there were some, but it uh, wasn't that. Yeah. It was like, all the prevalent. handicam stuff and they were yeah. still pretty big. Handicam is probably generous cause those, those were quite yeah. smaller. They got smaller. They and had, there like, wasn't a lot of like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say that they had the some of the smaller form factor, quote unquote, high definition, high definition for the time. Um, like the those were just coming out, I feel like, around then. So uh, but people were hauling around some big old cameras. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean there, there were some people like they interviewed documentary stuff either. Uh, like especially around music festivals and whatnot. I don't know. It just surprises me. But yeah. Yeah. I just think that this was going to be so big. Like, there was a lot of people they interviewed that said that they were like, yeah, I just expected this to be so big that I took my, you know, camcorder and I took my cameras and I just documented as much as I possibly could. And this was just like an attendee, you know, yeah. at the yeah at the concert. So, which they, is no yeah, undertaking. They, they certainly got some coverage. That's for yeah. sure. For our younger listeners, um, that's like deciding to carry, um, I was going to say boom boxes, but people don't even have those anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> great point of reference. Like a, like a, like a 12 pack like a, of like a soda desktop or something. welding or, machine. 
or a football or something. like it's big. If these things were big, it's I not a phone you have in your pocket. Seems like maybe the best reference would be it'd be like taking your PlayStation or Xbox and putting there it on you your go. shoulder and walking around yeah. with it. Pretty accurate. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, if you can imagine that, that's perfect. That's wild. Uh, okay. okay. What else we see? Hey, I you want to feel old for a second? Um, oh yeah, do yeah. it. I just Feels found like that's uh, all we've been doing uh, today, on the show so far. Today in tech history, uh, I just noticed on Slashdot. Guess how old Shazam is today? The movie? No, the the I think the music <laughs> tech. Yeah, the song recognition <laughs> app. Oh god. Shazam. Did you watch that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the poster looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. I have not seen it. I just um, wasn't yeah. The the tagline for that movie was just say the word. <laughs> and the dude's like standing there on his phone with bubblegum. I don't know. That makes no <laughs> sense. How did did anyone watch that movie? Okay, I'm sorry. Come watch back. that movie. I, I haven't seen it. But I, um, I thought, I thought say, it actually had good reviews. I'm gonna say I'm gonna fifteen say years. I'm gonna say thirteen years. Yeah, fifteen. Twenty, for me. 20 no years today. Yes, I, I know. almost said twenty. I was like, that's impossible. The tell like yes, there was nothing right. to put it on. <laughs> <laughs> there were no phones to put Shazam where did, on. Where did it could run? That. Yeah, where did it run? Uh, uh that's a it's a good question. I don't <laughs> Blackberries? <laughs> right? Blackberry Gosh, that might be true. Well, was uh, it a Lotus the... Notes extension? Like what, <laughs> what was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so old. Uh, I don't I don't know that it even says it. Uh I'm like, hey guys, August. let's go check out an esports experience. <laughs> yeah, August, go, yeah, geez, August 2002, Shazam launched as a text message service. <laughs> what? You could identify a song by dialing a number, and it would actually what? send a little clip and tell you what it was. I had no idea. Okay, that's, that's actually sick. really cool. Yeah. August 2002 in the UK, you could actually dial 2580-2580, hold up your phone, and it would send you a message telling you what the song and the artist was. Wow. wow. And that, That's that freaking message, cool. That message counted against one of your 50 texts you were allowed that <laughs> Right. And it wasn't until <laughs> 2008, so six years after they started, that they that they jumped into an app store, the Android version. Uh, and then you had to pay wow. 10 cents for each additional text. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Okay. I look at like, is... the volume of messages now, and I think about yes. like the the cost that that would have done or yeah. been in like high school. It's like thousands of dollars in text messages. Dude, I, I text like I'm still on AIM. Like most of my friends will <laughs> yeah, send me a right? paragraph. <laughs> I, I will send you 34 texts instead of a paragraph. And, I'm sorry. And you'll send all your punctuation in like a bucket at the end. <laughs> That's right. I feel like 100%. this whole episode is the is the how do you do fellow kids meme. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, let's see here. I can get to a bit of news that is more recent than uh, finding out that we're old. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to be really impressed if Tyler was like very interested in like how old the Shazam film was. To be completely honest, someone someone play the music. You know, it's you, only like, three years you joke old. About that. Well, that but that's the new one, wasn't the original Shazam with with Shaq? It was Shaquille O'Neal. Was Shazam? No, or am I thinking of something uh, else? 
Yeah, no, I think that was a different. Uh, that was Kazam. Oh, yeah, well, Shaq was difference? in Kazam. He was a genie named Kazam. <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah, he had well, been sealed up for thousands of years until he was like, one day accidentally freed. Yeah. So. Well. Yep. I think they should. There's a character Jack Max who was Shazam. on the run from a local gang, and Kazam explains to the youth that he belongs to Max, and he grants three wishes, etc. That movie was probably way better than Shazam. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. Um, okay, I'm gonna go some science stuff. Y'all heard science. of science? Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool news. Uh, the nuclear fusion breakthrough is confirmed. Yeah. The California team achieved ignition. So a few years back, no way. Uh, is about is about was well, one year ago. It looks like researchers at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratories (LLNLS) National Ignition Facility recorded the first case of ignition on August eighth, twenty twenty one. The key piece here is the results of which have now been fully published in three peer-reviewed papers. Right. So the, those that, kinds of discoveries here. Yeah, like this is this is where peer review really comes uh, comes in pretty hot. Obviously, in the scientific community in general, it's yeah. one of the differentiators between random hot garbage people will tell you and how the actual <laughs> scientific process works. Um, but it, in particular, uh, in in experimental science, right? That they publish their results and they publish basically everything related to how they achieved those results. And then yep. independent organizations completely unassociated will go and they will take all of their report things, inject it into their own processes, trying to replicate those results. And it, basically everything's considered garbage until people actually start to confirm it. And I mean, Fusion's pretty freaking complicated. Clearly, we've been working on this for a long time, um, yep. and so it took it took a year for the the other laboratories to even build it up, um, which is crazy. But the, my first thought with that stuff, other than holy cow, that's awesome! Like we're so close to actually having tiny suns powering stuff on Earth, um, <laughs> sun like sun like balls of you know plasma. But uh, right. the the in it's not like you'd remember this because it was kind of before our time, but there was this whole period where cold fusion was, you know, really hot topic. Right. And, and the idea of getting cold fusion, in fact, it, it wasn't exactly that far before our time because I just realized the saint was a movie about that craze. Right. So right. You remember the saint yeah. with Val Kilmer, that yeah. was all about like, all of the craze around cold fusion because the the idea there was that if we can figure out how to produce fusion reactions repeatedly and controlled on the surface of the earth then we have an unlimited supply of energy which is still true but Dude, this is going to kill this is going to kill solar uh, <laughs> I, I mean yeah if it scales no, well, be, right and there's a lot well, yeah, of there'll be instances where solar still makes solar? sense but Sure. Yeah. Let's but, talk but, about but here, all, all I'm getting at here is like, so the cold fusion stuff, there, there were lots of um, sort of pseudo, pseudoscientific discoveries early in that time frame, And I'm guessing this is probably the 80s um, where, where people would publish results and say, boom, kill it. Like I've got cold fusion. It works. And, and people would obviously ask for all of their data. And it's like, you need a water bottle and some, some tang and like magnets. 
What and are then, you talking of course, about? <laughs> later, uh, it was people. People weren't actually discovering any fusion oh. process. They were just oh, putting okay. it out there to get in the news and get. And, and it was never confirmable because it was always garbage. Um, yeah. So it, it's so fascinating to me to see an actual fusion ignition that produced an excess of power, right? Because that's another big part of it. It, it produced more yeah. than it put in. Than they put in. Like we've had a few successes in the last decade of actually creating a fusion reaction, but it, it costs so much to produce it that it, it wasn't, you know, it's not a viable fuel source. This is the first one that, that they got a lot more out than they put in. And then the confirmations, and if I remember correctly, cause I, I haven't had a chance to really read in all this yet, but the, at, none of the confirming sources produced as much. So they didn't get as much output as the Lawrence Liverpool initial, but, but they all had, I think, a positive return. So, I mean, like, ah, we're, we're so close. This is so cool. Yeah. Well, and the fact that it's saying that it was self-perpetuating. Right. Huge. Well, well that's, that's the end here. The right? self-perpetuation is the only way you get a, a net positive, right? Like, right. It, has to, it has to keep the reaction going, and you have to be able to maintain the reaction without you know, melting everything that you're working in. And to do that, we control it. It takes a lot of energy, basically, to, to maintain okay. these reactions. I want to I I make sure we can bring all of the listeners up to speed because I'm not sure everyone knows what, what we're talking about when we talk about the nuclear fusion reaction that we're talking about here. So nuclear fusion is the process that powers the sun effectively. So you mentioned, you heard Tyler say a bunch of little tiny suns. Like that is, that is the intent here. So like other stars. So stars are ran by this process that we call nuclear fusion, which is basically heavy hydrogen atoms that collide with each other with enough force to where they fuse together to form like a helium atom. This will release a lot of energy as a byproduct. So the intent here is we're trying to find a way to take those hydrogen atoms and ignite them in order to start causing this self-sustaining reaction. That's the intent. And that's actually what has happened here. The problem that we're running into, then uh, this is this is phenomenal, right? That we can that we can create this sort of ignition process to start the reaction. The main issue that we have now is, and it's a big issue, um, we don't actually have the technical capabilities to harness this power. Yeah. So that's the oh, next right. thing yeah. that people are working <laughs> on is to solve it. Because if we could, it would actually be one of the least pollutant ways to right. possibly create energy yeah. on the planet. So that's that's we what just we're need, um, we need and to it's summon also, Shazam. It's also one of the most Shazam abundant fuel sources. Exactly. Correct. Yes. Correct. Um, yeah, because no, they're the taking is, hydrogen. It's basically limitless. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe maybe you understand chemistry more than me, but the, the what is it called? The periodic table of elements. Hydrogen mm -hmm. is one, right? Helium is two. And so it they collide hydrogen atoms and then create helium atoms. Is that right? New protons and neutrons smashing together. And all yeah, that kind of fun the stuff. heavy hydrogen atoms collide with enough force, which causes those hydrogen atoms to fuse together and form a helium atom. Okay, and, and it's been you get entirely too like... long for me. But it, I mean, hydrogen hydrogen is literally just a proton, right? It's a proton Correct. with an electron yes. on the outside. So, yeah. so to get to get helium, you have to have a, a nucleus that has a proton and a, and a neutron, I believe. 
and so the I, and I don't remember all of the you know valence electron stuff well enough, but yeah, effectively, you have to have enough energy for to to overcome some of the resistive forces at that atomic scale, and that's that's considerable. It, it's akin to the energy it takes to you know cut things apart, which is what we do in, in nuclear uh, nuclear fission, right? Um, also releases a boatload of energy, but it, it's obviously kind of the reverse process. Um, but yeah, you're, you're, but, but I, that, that's the part that's, I, I guess, so um, fascinating is not the right word, but the reason that fusion is expected to be such a boon is that the, the outputs are tons and tons of energy and a safe inert substance, right? Right. There's no, there's no uh, fallout. There's no radioactive elements uh, related to that. Again, we still have big technical problems because the the fusion itself, the plasma that's going to enable that chain reaction is, I mean, it's it's like the core of the sun. It's it's like five thousand degrees Celsius on the cold side. So we we don't right really right. have things that can hold stuff that hot. So we've gotten very creative in the way that we basically suspend it in air or or like as yeah. less than air, right? Because even air at that point becomes a medium that is a problem when stuff gets that hot. Um, so it's it, but it, it's wild because hydrogen is incredibly abundant uh, as as far uh, as like a natural resource to us. And yeah, let me it's let me easy clarify on get. that. It is the most abundant element in the universe. Right, and and we happen to have a lot of it too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm just saying when you say it's incredibly yeah. abundant, I'm just saying it's not like it's oh, there's plenty of it. Like there's lots of water in the ocean. Uh, it's but, the most abundant element in the universe, and then helium is the second most. Does that uh, th is the periodic table of elements ordered at some point where it's like least to most abundant or most to least abundant? No, no, it's, it's ordered based it's on, break on, down on later mass. On. It's ordered on mass, okay. but the, and that's that's where you get. You oh, know, that's, that's right. why you know hydrogen's Atomic at the beginning, mass. but yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and so that effectively works out to uh, you know protons, neutrons. How many of them do you have? The more you have, the further you go down the, the chart but but i wouldn't i don't know off the top of my head but i wouldn't be surprised at least to a certain point in the chart where just being lighter mass made it easier basically for that to be a, a default state but I, I think that falls apart at some point right like there yeah, are because then it became like there, layer there are ones substances that, they that we can well, yeah, sure i mean those are special like they, they only exist in laboratories and stuff like that yeah. yeah but uh but you may find something like um i mean i don't remember off the top but it, I, it, there's less gold and more silver, but I think silver is actually earlier on the on the chart as an example. But I don't know, like sure. lead compared to uh, radon. Like I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know uh, uh, from an abundance perspective. But to your point, but right? To, well, the, yeah. And to your point, so so hydrogen yeah. being so so abundant, but it's it's also accessible, very accessible to us. I'm sure in part because water, yay, because it's it's yeah. a fairly <laughs> trivial process for us to separate the hydrogen out of water. Not that it's cost-free, but it it's there. Um, helium, interestingly, as being the second most abundant, helium is much more difficult to obtain on Earth. So the sun has a boatload of helium. We have, I, I don't know statistically how much or, or you know what the actual number, but it's hard to get helium compared to some substances. So even though there's a lot of it, doesn't mean it's easily accessible. Hydrogen happens to be a lot and it's easy to get. Yeah. Uh, not to bury the lead here, but definitely to put a pin on the the topic. Uh, the lead scientist's name is Omar 
Hurricane. Follow me here. What a guy. This is Dr. Hurricane. Yes. Yeah. Working on this. I love Where it. is his island lair? <laughs> exactly. Do we need to have like a superhero on standby here for when this guy goes this, evil? This guy is 100% going to have a fusion moon base. It's happening. Gosh, this changes. I mean, it, if we can, if we can really, I say we, like I have anything to do with it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna handle if, this. One. If Doctor Hurricane can can actually make this happen, <laughs> we as a human race, uh, this is gonna change a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the way our life is uh, is run and where we get our power and all that kind of stuff. Okay, sorry. This is why Fun people fact. were so excited about cold fusion too, though. It, it, it yeah. really is a like a limitless clean energy source, and so right. if we can figure this out. It it is absolutely a game changer for civilization. Like hard stop, yeah. one of the biggest things ever, probably. Uh, after probably um, Shazam working through a, yeah. through a dial in phone number because that's and, pretty cool. Too. And four flexible four aught cables also on the yeah. on that list. So in its core, the sun fuses five hundred million metric tons of hydrogen every second. <laughs> And we're fine. We just need to harness that. Yeah, five hundred million metric tons of hydrogen every second. Is that is this that is like probably why there's so much helium, and, and also <laughs> probably, probably why, why there's not so much on Earth? We we do not have a sun making helium here on the crust yet. All I'm saying, if we can if we can secure <laughs> nuclear fusion, like kids' birthday party balloons are going to be off the chain. We have so much yeah. helium we can we can use now. They are going to be. Off the chain, that's for sure. Um, I, I kind of want to tie in the next piece of news to a comment Bewley made earlier that I don't believe, which is um, <laughs> yet, another study, yet another study finds cable news. This is actually surprising to me, if I'm completely honest. Yet another study finds that cable news has a much bigger effect on U.S. polarization than social media. Oh, I, I saw that headline. And I didn't, I didn't read it. That's, uh, it's scary. I would, would be the first place to start because I feel like the, uh, we can, I feel like you can see the train wreck that is social media's impact in that regard happening in real time. So if, if cable news is even worse, though, I'll admit, I see some of that now too. There's, there's a lot less critical thinking going on uh with i guess the like the opinion-based editorial 24-hour news cycle it's it, you get regurgitation you, it's just people i feel like there's a lot of that you're just it's kind of like twitter asking you if you want to read the article before you retweet it like at least that exists on a, on the social media platform that is twitter there's no version of that for cable news it's you listen to a talking head you regurgitate talking head points. No one reminds you that maybe you should go read what he was talking about <laughs> as an example. <laughs> um, cable news, cable news won't exist anymore in 20 years. Hopefully 2040, uh, 2045. No I mean, cable news. I like, I like is the it, is your prediction. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I'll, I'll, say what, I, you know, yeah. I'll say 2055. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, that's I. would say that's pretty bold. I think there's a lot of money to be made, and people seem to to be just fine consuming that ad nauseum. So I don't. We'll see. We'll see if that actually plays out. But um, I had I had a thought. Was that last night? Might have been last night. No, it was the but, night before last. 
it could have been the night before last. And now I just yeah, totally right. lost my train of thought entirely. Um, <laughs> no, what was I going to say? Oh, I don't know. Gosh. We can switch back to why Twitter it, yeah. is terrible and why everyone. Hold on, hold on. I have percentages here, to me. and I know you both like percentages, and this is interesting to me. I don't know how this measurement's being done, so take it with a grain of salt. But let's just pretend these numbers are accurate. It makes it fascinating. Through this study. Um, where they were basically measuring how politically polarized individuals are. They found that 17% of Americans, and this is what's going to just kind of seems crazy because when you're in the bubble of say Twitter, for example, it feels like all Americans, but it's not 17% of Americans are politically polarized 8.7 to the left, 8.4 to the right. And that's based off of the TV news consumption. And that is, like dramatically higher, like four or five times higher than the amount polarized by online news. So that's how they're doing this measurement. But what's more fascinating to me is, is it kind of feels like politics have been holistically polarized for the last four or five years, maybe more. Sure, probably longer, And, and yeah. it seems to me like only 17% of people are really controlling <laughs> that fact based on of this. And almost an that, even vocal minority. Yeah, yeah, 8.7 to the right. So I don't know. I just what my thought was. So so last night, night before, whatever it was, I for some reason, I don't think I could sleep. It was the middle of the night. And my my brain went down the path of like editorialization and opinion pieces and the the moniker news, right? Mm-hmm. I and and all of a sudden my head just went back to like the World Wrestling Federation, WWF. <laughs> before they got they got wrecked and had to change it to to WWE, right? World Wrestling Entertainment. And I was like, when is that going to happen for news programming on cable television? I like there's a a big difference in my mind between news, which is should be like reported events, not that there wouldn't be some bias injected. I think that's impossible to completely eradicate. And editorialization and pure opinion or entertainment and we're not there yet like they call it all news right and and i would love to see that change so that if you want to consume an editorialized or or opinion version of something go for it have have fun that's not my bag but have at it and then we could actually get back to news competing on their ability to research validate and get things fast in in a well structured you know communicative format that would be really cool now i feel I, like it's all just bundled together and we call it news and just everyone takes well, that at face value only, and it's a mess let me give you some not numbers russ cool. you gave me some numbers yeah, yeah okay. go, give us go ahead and make your point no okay you give us right. numbers okay first. All numbers so i just dropped this in the tbp chat and again just as a reminder like i said at the beginning if you want to join the chat see some links talk to us whatever t.me slash tech breakfast but anyway, article here in Axios, news engagement plummets as Americans tune out. This uh, was published about one month ago. They're showing the change in news engagement from the first half of 2021 to, to the first half of 2022. Social media interactions with news articles down 50%. Cable news primetime viewers down 19%. News Holy media God. app sessions uh, down 16%. Unique visits to the top five news sites down 18%. So I'm okay with all of these stats. Maybe maybe I, I'm not and alone. I think it's gonna, and yeah, I you think know, it's gonna might help. Way. Now there's there's things that there's things that affect that though, like the pandemic, sure. right? And, yeah, of course. Um, just like chaos with with uh, presidencies and all that kind of crazy stuff. But um, 
I think it's heading in. I think it's going to head that direction, man. I think cable. News I don't is think dead. it'll go away, but but I'm genuinely hoping that the reason it doesn't go that way is so we we segregate entertainment that looks like masquerades as news and news. I, and yeah. I'm not saying that's trivial. It's not easy. It's not going to be a, an easy thing to do, but I do think it would be valuable. And and I think I think. I would probably, even as someone generationally that's very unlikely to sit down and watch any cable news programming at all. That's like, my point. I I would find really well-reported stories that aren't incendiary probably very compelling. I mean, you can get, you can get that in podcast format now, or sure. you can go you can go read it and you can find multiple sources on the same subject. You can get like that's a good way to suss out some of the bias, right? Great way to do it. There isn't a cable news source that I am aware of that, that comes anywhere close to that right now. And I think it's because we've conflated news and news-like entertainment to the point where it's just not worth the time. Well, look at the TikTok generation. There is no way that Fox News is going to adapt to that. There's no way MSNBC is going to adapt. There's no way CNN <laughs> is going to adapt to that. There's no way. You're not going to have people that today are 14 years old, fast forward 20 years, now they're 34 they're you know a little bit younger than we are right now. There's no way they're going to be sitting down watching Fox News for an hour and a half or three hours a day or whatever, like a yeah. lot of older generations do right now. It's, it's certainly true. Let me make two points. One will be around the effect of this because there is a problem here, um, yeah. and then two will be kind of like the perpetuation of the problem. So let's let's talk about the problem first. You know, journalism is very important for like the democratic process of which yes. our country An is independent based on. press. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yes. That, which I think that, is getting, he's getting decentralized more and more. It's like, um, oh, I can't think of the right word. Go, go ahead. Okay. Well, yes, it's being decentralized, but the kid on TikTok reporting on the thing. No, no, let me, let me it's make it more reporting. personal. <laughs> yeah. Let me make it more personal. The three of us, on our podcast are not <laughs> journalists. That's right. And and what we do is not journalism. You know, no, we, it's entertainment. we speculate on, you know, our opinion on certain things. And that is what a lot of news has turned into. But like here, here's the problem. Like true journalism holds politicians and businesses and people in general accountable for the things that are put out there in the world. And that's and We've seen that problematic when right. we lost we, we've lost local journal journalism, yeah. which is a problem. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm saying it's gonna be more I think it's gonna move more towards freelance, where you don't have a media corporation, you have a person that has Substack followers, you have a person that has TikTok followers, yeah, you have a person that has Twitter I, followers or whatever. But that that gets and back they're to doing Russ's great point, work, which is they they are doing great work, relatively speaking, but that is not a traditional sense journalism, and and excellent research and autonomy and and this requires funding. This is part of the problems, right? Like right, the, yes, the you will find pays some the gems in that. You'll find the some gems. Pays in the it. person, yeah. All right, but but I'm concerned for that too, and and also that they're historically speaking excellent journalism also always came with this very high standard for integrity. And so they would readily publish redactions when they got things wrong and it was, it was a bad look. That's not happening as much, certainly not in, in spaces like TikTok, Right. And, and that's not, I'm not trying to knock. It's happening more and more. Really Go to YouTube. To journalistic. Go to YouTube. 
There's all kinds of self-proclaimed journalists that are running their own ads, that are creating their own businesses, that are selling their own whatever, self-funding, that have millions and millions and millions of subscribers. That is the methodology that's going to take away viewership from people just droning out and listening to Fox News or MSNBC or CNN. Look, that's that's all well and good, but that's the, why things can happen. Here, here's the here's the here's what we're going to run into. In order to seek out specific news and and even call it unbiased opinions on issues in life, requires the seeker to be an independent critical thinker. Many yeah, yeah. humans are not. And here's here's the here's the things that proliferated in this shift. As you don't need a corporation to do that. I'm I know that. <laughs> in, so I don't in, think that's the point he's making. No, I know. In in the in the move for people to move towards streaming and moving away from cable news channels, you're right. I don't I don't ever watch these either. Although if you went and looked at my YouTube TV, you'd think I watch them all the time because apparently my mom has logged <laughs> in my YouTube TV. <laughs> yeah. and so what she watches is like Tucker Carlson and Fox News and all that stuff. But here's Here's the thing, as the audience has dwindled, what do these businesses have to do to maintain? They no longer do unbiased reporting. They report in a way that placates to their audience. Yeah. So they're always searching for the people who are the non-independent critical thinkers that will sit there and watch it or see, or even seek out their opinions because they know that they'll get their opinions validated, validated by yeah. Carlson or I don't know. I don't know who all the people are that are yeah. on the news. I know that one because it's on my TV every day, but it's like those, that's what, that's what's probably, it's problematic that that is becoming the polarization. And I think that's what this article is pointing out that that 8.7% of Americans or 17% total, 8.7% left, 8.4% right. That's watching all of this stuff. They are tuning in only to the channels yeah. that confirm their own bias. It's, a, it's an echo chamber. And I think there's Correct. huge risk of that even in this new world order. You know, yeah. what, what, assuming Bewley is is right and that that will continue to march down that path, one of well, the biggest it, problems yeah. with that is that you will glam onto singular again, you can't take all the bias out of that, right? And and so you'll you'll find these sources that sort of confirm what you're already thinking and that will be how you consume that kind of content going forward. And and that also is risky, right? So yeah, like I just I said, think that this content, I think the content that grows big is going to be the content that basically finds its audience and works on confirmation bias the exact same way Fox News has, the exact same yeah. way CNBC yeah. has. So even if, even if it's your YouTube 17-year-old self-proclaimed mm -hmm. journalist that has 700,000 subscribers, his subscribers are subscribing probably because they have some shared belief on this thing he's talking about. There's yeah. going to be the like, you know, the people, I would like to think the three of us are independent critical thinkers. And I think that the three of us will work through and, and make decisions based off of what we believe is good or bad science. But I don't believe that like a large group of people do. A person is smart, yeah. people are stupid. And so yeah, that's yeah, kind I of the thing I'm thinking adage. of when I think about this. is a real problem. Sure. I agree with oh you 100%. God. I agree with you 100%. The, the thing that is going to attract people more to this future ver or the thing that they will be attracted more is that confirmation bias. And that's just the way people are, right? That echo chamber kind of a thing. All I'm saying is the way that they consume that will move away 
from MSNBC, from Fox News, from CNN, et cetera. And it'll move to the likes of like the, you know, Russell Brand and the Stephen Crowders and the so on and so forth like that, right? That's, that's where it's going to go. That's how it's going to go. That dude is yeah, wrong just, entertainment, regardless of how wrong he is on certain things. Like, that dude is just, <laughs> who, who is this? Who was it? Is, I think it's, is that Steven louder Crowder. with louder? Is that the right? Yeah, uh, louder. Yeah. With, yeah. He's the. I've seen the memes. It's the. It's the. It says whatever. Change my mind. Thing. Those uh, yeah. are the kind of things. That's that's what's going to be more of what the future is as they as as the major cable news networks die off. Here's my here's my terror. Here's what terrifies me about Bewley probably being right about this. You're right. <laughs> if, if if Steven Crowder is our news source, oh, like is- that's like making the, the Colbert Report your your news source from like 2005. Like if yeah. you were getting your news strictly off of the comedy show that is the Colbert Report or the the one that came before it, I can't remember the name, but it's like that's a problem. And even even Stephen Colbert would tell you that. But that's. That's not that's not what we need more of. We need we need journalism to survive. I just don't know how you like, you know, in the world we live in. I don't know how you make it fiscally possible. You know, um, you without have the to have independently have very well funded and and without special interest. Which I mean, these are this is like a unicorn. You're you're trying to find startups, yeah. right? And that's I think that's the problem. I, I, the biggest issue and. It's interesting because the the symptoms that come out of the backside of the way that we're consuming information are they're structured around how we like to receive information. Like we're our own worst enemy as as a population, right? We we want to consume the things that are bias confirming. We want it to be easy. We don't want to have to think as much. Again, on average, this isn't an individual; it's the group problem. Hundred percent and. And that is always going to, especially in in a society like the United States, but I, I don't think it's certainly isn't just a problem here, where money talks a lot, right? Oh yeah, 100%. the way the way that we, as a population, consume this stuff is always going to drive it down weird special interest paths because that's where the money is. <laughs> They yeah. don't they want they want you coming back and only coming back to them for whatever reason that is. And so if it's if it's cats all day, then they'll show you more cats. Right. To be clear though, yeah, but to be clear, it's not going to require lots of quote special interest money, as you're saying. It's it, it is the entertainment value of what like Mr. Beast, 103 million subscribers on YouTube, every video he produces greater than 60 70 million views within oh, wow. within a week within two weeks any major cable news network would love to have that now he is not affiliated with news by any stretch of the imagination but what i'm saying is that that's where it's going to go and mm-hmm. you can have one person or two or three people that create a thing like this and have some sort of viewpoint on something and then they do their thing from a quote news investigative journalism or reporting yeah. or whatever it is you want to call it that's the route it's going to go. You're not going to have these massive, you know, crazy monopolies that are, you know, in these major TV studios and all that kind of stuff, right? So by comparison, I gotta go. I gotta. I know we have to close this. I thought I'd put that. uh, Fox News averages 1.4 million daily viewers um, with their most popular show, which is the Fox News show itself. One million. One point four million. One point four million per day. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Beast is doing more than that. 2.2 million. 
Yeah, he's doing 50x that with every video he produces. <laughs> Straight up. Produce video a day? Uh, every week. So Sometimes several times a week. A little bit. No, well, all I'm saying, he's doing 100 million views a week. And Fox News' yeah. best show is doing 1 million a day. Right? People are sleeping on this. It is. The Oscars, like he embarrassed the Oscars. I mean, I don't uh, think anyone's sleeping on that. Like you see every <laughs> single major, you know, yeah, TV provider trying to figure out how to get in on it. So I don't think anyone's yeah. sleeping on it. Sure. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I know we're about to crack. Well, it, I think there's also yeah. a format problem there too. Like major news networks uh, trying to to work like Mr. Beast is always going to be a struggle for them, <laughs> um, for all kinds of reasons. But yeah, right. no. Yeah. Anyways, I yeah, we could chase this one down for for days. It'd actually be really fun to talk to somebody that is basically an expert in that space. Uh, yeah. And I feel like there's Maybe. a lot of crossover there with artificial intelligence too, because there are lots of threads. I think that we've even talked about that that they kind of sound harmonious in the sense that what's yeah. artificial intelligence doing to sort of pander to to groupthink and that kind of stuff I, it, it i think there there are a lot of common threads there but uh well and let me yep. let me say one last thing though i'll give i'll give a nod to some of the shows on msnbc there's some uh, finance shows or some tech shows that i find interest in but i'll tell you straight up if it weren't for youtube tv that gave me unlimited dvr and allowed me to consume it whenever i wanted i would never catch those shows if I had to turn yeah. the TV on at the right time to watch them, I would never watch it. That's the that's how I started not watching any cable television. Exactly. I don't I don't have access to it, and I'm not. I my schedule doesn't lend itself to 5:30 every night sitting down. I don't want it to. <laughs> I have no interest. I don't even want to want to to be interested in that. Right. So. I'll just that say. Brings, I, I, yeah. but, nope. Yep. Sorry. Sure. I, yeah, I, I got a little. Got? I got a little. I got a little energized on that. I'll say. One more I, last I agree comment, with you guys. No, I'm done. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We all got things to do. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully you continue to enjoy it. When we come back next week, bring your friends. Bye. Later. Peace. <laughs>